Hey, he's Jake, and I'm Matt. And welcome to Pat's Chat, the UK's best New England Patriots podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? And welcome to another episode of Patch Chat. It is, of course, myself, Matt Inkster, and I am joined, almost as ever, by Jake Paul. How's it going, Jake? Not too bad. How is life with you? Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, recording this at a reasonable hour of the day, rather than at midnight, as I think last week's recording was, <laughs> or the week before. Um, Energy so boost. We're, yeah, exactly. We're a bit more... A week this time, well, possibly. I'm not really sure. It all kind of blends into one, I think. <laughs> to quote uh, a Kill Switch Engage album cover, alive or just breathing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, as they say in uh, in Holland sometimes and probably everywhere else, you can sleep when you're dead. So we'll just be in this constant state of working our ass off till God knows what time and uh, then feeling tired the following day for it, I suppose. <laughs> well, I, I say for you because I know you've been probably working harder than me of late. <laughs> I'd never say that. <clears throat> Hardly working nah, or working hard. Yeah, exactly. You're working, whether it's hard or not, I don't know. No, exactly. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> if even if work is listening for some strange reason, yeah, working really, really hard. Um, for yeah, else. working your tail off. <laughs> oh, yeah, sweating, sweating over there. But <laughs> That's an image I don't work as uh, I want in my head, is your sweaty tail. <laughs> so, yeah, surprised I have a tail. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone that's uh, new to this, this is our type of bands that we have. Um, before we get into the serious chat of the game being or the game coming up, um, Unfortunately, it's a coping mechanism it's, at the moment. Yeah, exactly. All this we've got to cheer ourselves up during these COVID times somehow, and especially after last night's uh, somewhat abject, dismal performance um, against the Broncos. But well, I'll plug it again at the end. But as always, it's at Patch Chat on Twitter um, for anyone that wants to come and hang with us and and chat. Twelve. Well, maybe not. Maybe you'll chat more when the game's on, but I can't because. I'm useless. I just want I focus in on the game and forget to tell everyone that what a a hole that some person or referee is because of a call. I just watch the game and then afterwards see what all the fallout of it is. You can contact uh, Matt Inkster at the Angry Pats fan uh, on Twitter. I'm joking. Um, yeah, no, I get, I'm I'm the same to be honest. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll try and, and live tweet during during the game and see how that goes. Um, Maybe there's more expletives than, than usual. We don't know yet. Yeah, exactly. So let's get into it then, Jake. Uh, overall, um, what was your thoughts on the on the game itself? Um, I keep doing one-word summaries, don't I? This seems to be a, a, a trademark. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm calling it a trademark. No one else has called it a trademark. Um, dire, that's spelled D-I-R-E. <laughs> um, in fact, while, while, while we're here, um, 
Dire means extremely serious or urgent, according to um, the dictionary. Um, okay. I would say that was an extremely serious display <laughs> of just everything. I mean, I think we're so used to the Patriots being the ones that um, make everyone else, you know, mess up there, whether it's that they have they come in having a, a game plan and they are befuddled or confused or Bill Belichick is doing some kind of hocus pocus on the sideline under his hood. Um, you know, you see other teams, um, you know, penalties, you know, look back at the Kansas City AFC game, um, what, two two seasons ago, um, when he was offside was that in an overtime? I can't even remember now. My, my, my timelines are getting muddled up. But, you know, guy was offside. Suddenly the Patriots had a penalty and, you know, we're progressing down the field. We win it in overtime, you know, job done. I think this was a very rare game where the Patriots were kind of the other team in this, uh, you know, hypothetical or in, in this scenario where, you know, what it was down to, lack of practice. You've got players that have not played together you know they would have gone through game plan and game film umpteen times on zoom but it doesn't you know you going on the field and actually doing run-throughs or um trying to get that timing right there were so many times where the timing was just so visibly off i don't think you have to be a, a genius to work out that you know i think it all just boils down to the lack of practice time and denver having you know, more time to sort of sit down and really game plan. And credit to them, like they executed, I think, really well. I think the only the only full drawback was just that um, Drew Locke, I think, is still developing, and that was kind of a high um, pressure situation for him with the Patriots, kind of resurgent. Um, and luckily for him, I, I think the rest of the team and, and definitely that that defense kind of bailed him out, and he'll walk away with maybe a bit more confidence in, in what he did. Um, but you know with the Patriots just they weren't awake I think the the defense started to kind of recover and and remember because it's reactionary Um, but I think yeah it was a a pretty sad sight if I'm honest Mm. I would go along with um, pretty much the the majority of what you've said there it was it was a it was a tough watch I think mm. uh, I, messaged, I messaged you and my friend during the game and said that it was a, it was a tough watch and some positive to take from it is there wasn't any um, touchdowns at all from the Broncos. They just relied on McManus kicking them from 40, 50 yards every time. The In general, to hold a team under 20 points would be considered a success. Uh, the defence generally played well, came away with a couple of interceptions back-to-back, which should have been capitalised on, but then if you flip it into the, the offensive side, so I've, I've seen varying reports of, and you know, have we got the receivers? Have we just got the offence in general? And then part of me thinks no, we don't. Part of me thinks, well, you know, Newton has worked with Demir Bird before. Yeah, the, uh, he's got the likes of Edelman to work with, Harry. I don't know which side I'm coming down on on him now, but um, overall with the offense, yeah, I think it then came down to one. It came down to the line because they were injured all over the place. Illuminor so went down during the game yeah. as well. 
And, you know, Tooney's going to be playing wide receiver or tight end at, at some point soon because he's playing every other position across that line. He might as well step out with the line and start <laughs> catching balls from, from Newton because he's doing everything else. And Newton himself was yeah. just seemed to have an off day. He was holding on to the ball far too long, which yeah. then was letting, um, whether it was Chubb, whether it was Jewel, whether it was uh, Jackson, Simmons... Uh, Wolf, you name them. They they were creating pressures and situations that was making the you know Newton and the offense in general just rather uncomfortable, which resulted in obviously the um, twelve points on the day, a uh, two point conversion that was missed that probably shouldn't have done. You know, take the field goal and then you've still got time to to go and score more points. So yeah, overall. Disappointed. It was a pretty much banged up, beaten up um, Broncos. Uh, myself and Stocks talked about that last week. Most Broncos fans wouldn't have been um, hoping, you know, thinking a, a result was on the cards. Um, Stocks certainly didn't think so. Um, when we spoke last week on the pod, and but then it kind of goes back to what you were saying as well, Jake, that they. You know, going into this season, this is the kind of ups and downs we were we were kind of expecting, and maybe do we do we just have to temper things a bit? That this is you know this is not a Brady offense anymore. This is not the offense of old. This is new, and and we've just got to kind of accept that these kind of dips will happen. You know, we did, we accepted the law the losses to Kansas City and the, and the Seahawks because they're. Kansas City and the Seahawks, you know, they're top two teams in the NFL in general and we might just hit a blip. Just like the the 49ers last week hit a blip um, mm. against the Dolphins, do just have to accept mm-hmm. that this, these things will happen this season, next season, season's going on. But again, and then comes back to what you've also said about COVID and what that has then meant for practice. One full practice on Thursday and the and a walkthrough on the Saturday before um, yesterday, and that is it. Everything else has been done over Zoom or whatever Microsoft Teams or whatever it might be that they're using to do these um, things, analysis of the opposition. But it doesn't replace re- repetition on a practice field, and it showed. And they even mentioned it in commentary about all these trick plays with Edelman throwing the ball and things that. That is clearly weeks old. That is plays they've had since day one that they've then had to rely upon because nothing else was working. So, yeah, overall, disappointed. But maybe just have to sit back and accept that this is a sign of things to come for a little while. I also think that, going back to the COVID point, I think this is also what is going to happen with with this season. I don't think it would just be a Patriot-only issue i think you're going to see this as the you know covid situation i mean look i know this has been going on for more than 10 minutes but as it kind of still is developing you know who is it that went down you know we had the titans have had um covid in the building obviously the patriots have had it's going round, um and you know it can still shut things off there's nothing to say but um the, the Denver game is going to be an isolated incident. And there's nothing to say that Denver won't also run into their own issues at, at some point um, as well. Um, 
But yeah, I, 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 I would probably say even if we took COVID out of the equation, I wouldn't. I would be reserving any judgment on this entire offense until the back end of the year, when things mm-hmm. are bedded in. People kind of, you know, all right, what's Cam's cadence? How does Cam like to do this from Cam's side? How do the receivers? Oh, okay, and you know. All these different little things and all those nuances, they would understand a lot better, which would obviously give the Patriots a more educated, um, you know, a bit more of an education about Cam. What can Cam do? How do we fit it around Cam if we were to sign him for the next two to three years? You know, what's the offense going to look like? Who do we draft? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that helps Cam's case. But then again, I, I suspect internally they would kind of go, you know, it's an extenuating circumstance. Um, you know, Cam's obviously recovering from COVID as well. So, you know, uh-huh. I think it said a lot that we went and slapped Cam straight back in the starting lineup and went steady. <laughs> you're, you're still the backup. Um, obviously, Brian Hoyer didn't even get a sniff in, um, which is unsurprising after the Kansas game. Yeah, uh, was, you're right. Um, it's easy to forget that um, he is still recovering from it. Gilmore is um, recovering from it. I mean, even symptomatically or asymptomatically, whatever it may be, I think uh, it, it affects things somehow. Mm. Um, whether it's you know just the isolation point of view. So even if everyone else was practicing Monday to Saturday, then you know with Cam sitting at home, you've got Stidham or Hoyer sitting in for him. It's just not the same as having that actual person. As, I mean, my job, your job, anybody else's job, you do what you do, and then it's not actually you. You know, if you've got a replacement, it's not you. It's not in your design line of work. It's not your ideas, your flair, your stamp on things. It's someone else's, and that can shine through. And this mm-hmm. is it's obviously shone through in this occasion that it's just one of those things that's happened that um i mean genuinely and, and yeah me just blowing smoke up you know what cam's been doing i don't think if we if we imagine that brady signed on for another year and this this is the same squad i mean i would even argue that with with some better weapons i don't know like, would we have won the game uh, like it, it would be very close. Like I, I would not say that oh, I would have just walked over Denver after one practice. Like I just think it's practice is, is so important and that repetition is is so important and kind of not muscle memory, but you knowing what you're going to do before it kind of happens and not having to actually like rationally think it through. I mean, you know, talking about um, from like my playing days or whatever, I played in three different offenses and that means that there's like you know there's different um you know different verbiage that's used um you know like a, a, a mesh you know like where does the 82 mesh like the eighth eight player second player you know which hole are they going to go through all of these different things that you kind of automatically know now you're rethinking again and when it comes to sort of how the Patriots should be doing things when it comes down to you know, on the game day and what that practice means. It just means that you're 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 taking that extra second to probably think about, okay, I am I'm covering this guy. Oh, okay, when when I get to thirty yards, I'm gonna break out into my route and blah, blah, blah. And don't get me wrong, these are professional football players, so I'm sure they've played in 
a hell of a lot more offences that are a lot more complicated than anything I've ever been in. But it's still that split second and that reaction that you're missing, which yeah, it just seemed sluggish yesterday, and I think that's the result of of that. But I think I think you're right, and one of the plays that was highlighted um, by Evan Lazard on Twitter was that last play um, on fourth down with Harry. I mean, all the pressure. I'm not a professional. I didn't notice really at the time. It's, and it's not until you look back at the old 22 that you actually see it. And as I say, Evan highlighted it, that all the pressure was coming from the inside. The, so naturally, you would think, you know, break to the to the outside. So it's like the same in soccer. If, if um, you pack a midfield and they're giving you the option to go down the wing, they might want you to go down the wing, but at least, you know, that's where the open space is. So that's where you're going to play the ball. So I didn't actually, because I thought, ah, oh, you know, what a crap throw. But then you look back and you actually, Harry broke to the inside instead of the outside. And then he was scrambling to try and, and actually catch the ball. Similar and maybe in a way to a free kick for a goalkeeper. He's taken that one step to the right or left to see yeah. past the ball. And all of a sudden it's in the top corner at the opposite side. But if you just, you know, take it, you've saw that the the ball's there and I'm covering whatever, and then, you know, you just do that. So Harry then, as I say, he broke to the inside instead of the outside, and then the result of the play was it looks like it was a poor throw, but it it wasn't. It was actually Harry's fault. I don't know why, as I say, looking back on it, you, all the pressure, the safety is blitzed from the inside, he was just left one-on-one coverage. At that time in the clock, you would have thought it would have made sense to even mm-hmm. go for the outside because then you can catch the ball, run out of bounds, and you've got time on your side um, because the clock will have stopped. But it, it resulted in what it resulted. In. But it, it, it doesn't just come down to that, and it never does in a game. It was a full 60 minutes. Um, mistake. Uh, it just had it up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it just it compounds it. But looking at it, I mean, what what can we actually? What do you think we can positively take away from this um, the performance? Looked lively, like they looked more alert to me at least. I thought Bentley played really well. Um, mm-hmm. It just seemed like if 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 Chase wasn't there, Bentley was, um, and that was quite encouraging to be honest. Um, I think I, I mentioned I quite like Bentley as a player, but I just want to see more of him this year. Um, yeah, it seems like he's he's turned it on. Gilmore, um, pretty decent, better than he has been. I think just kind of swatting a few balls away. Um, I think the secondary actually kind of turned up. Now, obviously, the the caveat with me saying all of this is that. Denver is hardly, you know, Kansas City. We're not talking about some offensive powerhouse with, you know, weapons in in every position. But sometimes you just need one of those games where you're kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, like uh, I am the reigning defensive player of the year. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I think I think defensively they looked, they looked pretty decent, obviously. Um, my main man, Damian Harris, had a little bit of action in there. Um I mean, I thought special teams was 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 all right. Those that be mm. those would be the, the the main 
I can't really give any points to the offense, if I'm honest. Um, you know, at one point I was kind of like, just put Edelman in at QB and just use Cam as like a running back or something, please. Like, there was just a few questionable, like, offensive play calls. Like, uh, they mentioned that, um, what was it? There was a few times where the, like, they weren't doing any hurry up offense, which I found quite odd. Um, apart from, oh, you want to burn some time off, but a hurry up offense, I just thought would have kind of kept Denver guessing. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I can hear, I can understand the argument that that doesn't make sense given that there was like no offense really from us. Um, uh, I thought, yeah, I can't really give too much to the offense. Yeah, it'd be defense <laughs> and special teams that, that were better than, than, than they should be, yeah. About you? Well, for, well, for me, yeah, I would agree with the the defense. As I said earlier, you know they've they've kept them to eighteen points, amassed all by field goals. They broke away some chunk plays. I think Patrick got hundred and one, hundred and one yards. I think it was, um, yeah. which is possibly a bit concerning that any receiver is going to break a hundred yards in your defense. But at the same time. He is clearly someone that they're they're targeting quite a lot. Is that the? For, I'm not even going to begin to try and pronounce his name, but the the rookie tight end because yeah. uh, Noah Fant was out. I was surprised that he got targeted a lot more than um, I thought he maybe would. But they'd obviously saw mismatches there, um, and he was proving it by you know he was he was pulled in quite a few catches to be to Decent be fair the rookie. Yeah, it was a good, a good, a good game. He was, his blocking seemed quite well um, to be going good when he was required to do that. But he was also, you know, he had a good game catch all round. I would, if I was him, I'd be happy with that game. And as I say, Patrick got a hundred yards plus. But between those two, there wasn't. They tried to throw it at Jerry Judy two or three times, but um, nobody else was real in the game. Um, Oh, was, I was his name's on the tip of my tongue. It wasn't Hamler because he was injured, but um, their other receiver didn't get a look in hardly. Lindsay, um, that was one thing about the defense. The, there was Lindsay was finding gaps for Denver, and Lindsay he was having like a good a game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, there was one run. I was just like, really, like hmm. the. the the Broncos' offensive line played well to actually create that amount of space, but then it goes back to last season where we let two or three different runners score a hundred plus. Well, not score, but you know, gain a hundred plus yards on us. And but then I've said this before in the pod that I don't really care if Patrick gets a hundred yards, if Lindsay's breaking a hundred yards or or less, you know, getting all the chunk plays, as long as they happen between those two 25s and then they're only getting field goals, generally speaking, up until yesterday, <laughs> our, our offense has got enough to go and score points and to go and score more than, you know, they could easily score 19 points plus. But for whatever reason, for whatever reason it was, um, they just weren't. But I was happy with Bird. Bird's actually... Going about his business yeah, a lot more than people are giving him credit for. He's seen as an also run and maybe a bit of a, you know, 
bounce around player that's wide receiver three at best. But who cares? You know, he's mm. quietly going about his business. He's probably he's to me he's ahead of the depth chart in the depth chart as um Harry. going into the season you would have said it was Edelman Harry, then Demir Bird. But for me the Demir Bird is wide receiver two uh, at the moment, possibly heading towards wide receiver one because I I don't know what it is, but they're not throwing Edelman that much when they are throwing. Um, White, um, James White had another... Um, James White had a good game, actually, I thought. He had a, he had a good game. Um, again, the, the situation he's been in between COVID and mm, what's happened, his parents, um, you know, he's had fortitude to take it, not take it on the chin, but, you know, got actually mm. separate work and personal life and you know when he's on the field work comes first and he he was playing really well that so catch, for, that catch he did was phenomenal i thought yeah um, exactly actually fingertip edge of fingers i thought he dropped it and was like oh like <laughs> respect because nope. that was that was real concentration um he's like a receiver that's just in the backfield it's really cool <laughs> so yeah no i totally agree with you and um so there was quite a few positives to take from it uh, into the game against the 49ers next week um, that you know can be worked on. I just... I do it really worry, is. Huh? I was going to say, I, I do worry that people have kind of cottoned on to the whole the Patriots are probably going to run the ball until they can't run the ball anymore. Um, because that's, that obviously was the game plan during the Denver game. But then I suppose, you know, you might turn around and, and tell me that that's probably because their timing was going to be terrible in terms of throwing to receivers. But, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just a, a thought, really. Um, yeah. Mm. I, was, I was just going to say as well, it's one of those games that just ended up being a bit meh. Like, if, I, if, if the Patriots and Broncos, if neither of those neither of those teams are your team, then there's probably no way that you are then, you know, quite a lot of people, whether whatever team you support, say you're a Ravens fan or you're a Texans fan or you're a Seahawks fan or whatever. I mean, I do it and you do it. We'll all go, right, like, I've not had a chance yet, but I want to go back and watch the 40 of the, the Texans and Titans game because mm. there was loads of points scored and from what I've seen on mm. Red Zone from it, you know, there was some cool plays, whether it was JJ Watt or um, Derek Henry running for 94 yards for a touchdown. There was cool plays, but if you looked on the face of it and you're not a New England fan, you're not a Broncos fan, you, you see a 12-18 game, you just go, nah. No, I'm just not. I'm just not going near that this week. That is not worth my time. Um, probably Might similar well to. Yeah, exactly. It is like it's like an Arsenal one nil from back in the day. You just mm-hmm. don't don't want to watch it. You saw the result. You say that the result's good enough to get a gist of what happened in the game, and that was probably like in the main what this game came down to. Sadly, because you. You know yourself, you want every game to be exciting. Whether your team win or lose, you want actually, have, especially when you invest in three hours of your Sunday evening a game, you want to be entertained and it's meant to be an entertaining sport. And 
it just wasn't even the with interceptions that occurred and um from both t from both q quarterbacks and for all the whatever happened you know it just i just came away a bit meh <laughs> yeah it, it, it probably, i'm not sure you would describe it as a great advertisement for um for the sport it was just kind of enduring it because it was my team and you know you're in it for the, the good times and the bad times rather than you know any real joy of watching football <laughs> enduring it's a great word because it was an endurance to last that three hours um, <laughs> and i'm not just saying that as as a patriots fan even as a broncos fan like maybe as a broncos fan you took it and uh, it was less of an endurance marathon than for us because you know I guess you kind of go, well, it's the Patriots and there's a slight stature thing, but not really because we've had some great games against the the Broncos, especially when yeah. Manning was quarterback. And I it's think a good rivalry, very good rivalry. Yeah, we've had some brilliant battles and it's, you know, you go through that sort of cycle um, during the, the 20 years what we've had of um, success and you've had the Broncos at some stage. The Steelers have been there at some stage. That's the that's the turn of the Chiefs, and just now the Ravens have done it. You know, we were talking before we started recording that there are certain teams that you just don't like, or whatever. Or you do like them, or they're a bit so-so in between. And the the Broncos is one of them. I certainly went through a cycle of going, I hate them because it was because you were coming up against them in the AFC Championship games and on occasions they did win out and then they went on to Super Bowls that you didn't get to. So you do then resent them because they've beat you to to the big stage at the end of the season. But not not yesterday. That was just a I must say though, um I know I'm rambling a bit now, but I must say that the, the Broncos' defence played really well. For all that offensively we weren't at the races yesterday, I really enjoyed, from that point of view, I really enjoyed watching the, the Broncos' defence. It didn't matter who it was. As I mentioned some of the names earlier, between Simmons and Jackson and Josie Jewell and um, Bradley Chubb, you know, they had a pretty good game. And to hold the Patriots to 12 points, I think you must have to have a good game, really. Yeah, and I think it said a lot that obviously Von Miller wasn't there. You know, that, that defence, if they can keep that together for next year and Von comes back in, in the same way that he's been, you know, um, such a dominant player for how many years, there'll be, be a force again, for sure. But I think Denver, for, for a while, has kind of been this weird lopsided team where the defence has been pretty overpowered in comparison to, to their offense, um, at least maybe since um, Peyton left. So, you know, for, for them, I'm sure they're, they're walking out there with a hell of a lot of positives. Mm. So this is something I wondered, I was going to ask you, and it was mentioned in, in commentary, and it's probably mentioned across the league between fans and analysts and things as well. There's the obvious, John Elway was a great quarterback back in the day, won a Super Bowl in the, the 90s, and now he's the general manager of the Denver Broncos. But ever since Peyton left, they are going through this carousel of quarterbacks. <laughs> Do you think that Drew Locke is the answer? And if not, what do they do about it? 
but I don't think Drew Locke is the guy. I think he's almost like a Case Keenum Mark II type. He, I don't know, he reminds me of Case Keenum for some reason. Um, he's almost like, he's, he's a Case Keenum or a Joe Flacco, really. Like, he, I've not seen anything, like, don't get me wrong, there's still plenty of time for him to, to prove me wrong and, and change change that opinion. But he's just kind of, you know, goes under the radar and, and does what he needs to do. But he's not going to set the world alight while he's doing it. At least that's, that's my impression of him so far. Um, I think going back to Elway, um, just because you're a good player doesn't mean you're a good um but no owner, manager, um, you know, front office guy. Look at Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan with, you know, the, the Charlotte Bobcats now the, yeah. the Hornets has been terrible, um, would be an understatement. And I don't think that I don't think Elway has got it right. Um, you know, Peyton they knew what they were getting with Peyton when he went there. Mm-hmm. And I think Elway is, is, is just obsessed with finding this QB and he doesn't really care if they fit the scheme, if they're compatible with what the Broncos are trying to do. And, you know, I, I personally, I, I don't know, what, how many quarterbacks have they had now since they played it? Probably about, what, six? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, as I say, it's the carousel. It's a revolving turnstile. You've, and in fact, I, mean, no, I didn't actually say Joe Flacco and uh, Case Keenum on purpose, but now I think about it, they were both Broncos. <laughs> So, yeah, but they obviously took Blake Bortles into the building in the the short term. They've let him go. Is he better than Blake Bortles? I mean, I'm not a quarterback whisperer by any means, but I'm not sure if if he's not better than him. I'm not sure if he's much. If he is better than him, I'm not sure it's by much. but he's of he'd probably be in a cheaper deal is part of the reason as well. I'd, there's supposed to be a decent amount of quarterbacks coming out of the draft class for next year. Will they be in the mix for one of those? Quite possibly, but then it's another one in and out through the door. I can imagine them getting a veteran. I don't think they would draft. Not unless they I don't know, there was just someone too good to pass up and then I think they will draft, I think. Yeah. I've just got this feeling I think they will. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can see Elway someone becomes a free agent especially with Covid or whatever and Elway just is like oh I'm going to pay because they paid was it didn't they paid Case Keenum quite a lot because he'd come off the back of that Vikings they paid Osweiler, Osweiler like can't remember god knows how much they, and then they just traded him yeah. off to the the Texans didn't they mm. And but with the the quarterbacks that were available this year I know they're putting Drew Lock in for his, his second season and seeing yeah. what they've got in him. But, you know, that's why I don't think they'll go down the, the veteran route because if you've seen what was available this year um, and they never took any of them. And I just get this feeling they're going to do it again ne- this next off-season, next, like the draft in 2021. They're going to go and draft again. It's not going to be... A Trevor Lawrence or no. you know that high because they're not going to have that high a pick I wouldn't have thought and you know it's going to end up probably between the Jets and Washington for where Trevor Lawrence goes for the poor soul that he'll end up being in, in those buildings but yeah I just I don't think Drew Lock to, to answer the question that I posed to you 
myself personally, I don't think it's the answer no. to what they're looking for. And they will draft again next year. I think they're always begs, a bit obsessed. It then begs the question, I think you maybe just bite the bullet and get rid of Elway. I think he's part of the problem now. That he's obsessed. Like I, I don't, I'm not sure where it stems from, but you know, you're wasting how many picks, how many... How many years are we going to develop this guy? Are we going to bring a veteran in to help develop this guy? Oh, he's not the guy. Right, we'll bring in a new guy in to be the new... You know, you wasted so much. They could have drafted God knows how many different people that would have gone in there and and, and maybe they're not the, the quarterback, but they're a receiver or they're a really great running back or, you know, it's another piece for that defense. And, you know, they've just kind of squandered it, in my opinion. Mm, you've got to... For me, there was a... I was listening to the Scottish football um, podcast earlier on in, so in the work. Yeah, exactly. Someone <laughs> has to. But they, they were speaking about the, the old firm game at the weekend and how that went and Celtic and the Celtic manager. Basically, the, it was, you know, the, the question was posed to the analysts of, do you have a scheme and you fit the players, or do you just get a player that you think you know, like the Giants seem to seem to do? It's just it doesn't matter. It's best on the board. It doesn't matter if it's running back, quarterback, wide receiver, lineman, whatever. Best in the board. We'll get him, and we'll just plug him, plug him. And it's almost like a square peg in a round hole type situation. Yeah. Whereas if you look at the Belichick model over the years, for me, he gets. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a name of any elk whatsoever it can you know it could be the guy off the street but if he fits the scheme that he's looking for that slot receiver or he's looking for that quarterback or whatever it is you know the lineman that does x y and z and fills that role he goes right this is my scheme this is you this is where you fit in that scheme like forget anything else this is what then then that's what's happening not oh you're the best Mm, we could play you right tackle we could play your left tackle but actually we're going to play your right guard because mm. that's where I need to fill a gap and that's what you know you you played left tackle in in college and high school doesn't matter we need a right guard so we're we're plugging you in there and then ultimately the guy fails so uh, to me it just seems like that's what the Elway and the Broncos are doing they're not actually they haven't got a game plan of this is what we do this is what we need we're we're like Von Miller is clearly, you know, on the other side of the hill, and they'll need to replace him at some time in the next few years. Certainly, I would think the injury won't um, have slowed that process down anymore. But to fill that hole, they won't go and get another Von Miller. They'll get someone else. They'll get like a Bradley Chubb or a Josie Jewell or a Simmons and go, but now you're playing the, the Von Miller role. And it's quite sad in a way that if the coaches and the staff and the teams that do that sort of plug and play aspect of it doesn't matter where you should be playing. This is what we need, but you were the best on the board. So you're now going to play in that position. We'll mold you into it and they don't mold. And then ultimately they fail. I just think that's maybe where they're going wrong with quarterbacks. They're just taking who they think is best on the board rather than best for what, they want to do they've just no identity as such possibly yeah yeah uh, you know it's, it's hard 
know, if you imagine now that you're someone who works in the back office for the Broncos and you're, you know, Joe Bloggs or, or whatever, it's a bit hard for you to argue with, you know, one of the greatest players in your franchise you've ever had. You know, you can't really turn around to Elway and go, what do you know about quarterbacking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be like you, uh, you know, someone in the design world that's, or the artistic world, if you had like Wayne Hemingway or someone just go, mm. right, right, Jake, this is what we're doing, that's it. I was like, but I'm not very good at that. No, no, that's just what we want you to do. Oh, that's rubbish. Well, what have you done here? That's that's terrible work. Yeah, but I told you that's not. Ah, but this is what I want you to want you to do. And you go, okay, you cool. You you're like amazing. So yeah, I'm just going to listen to you. It'd be a, yeah, it's yeah. a similar thing. You just tells you to do. Yeah, it would be. So Velvey, you know, one of the best quarterbacks of his um, generation, tells you that this is what we're doing, and we're getting another quarterback. I guess the the secretary and the owners will just go, yeah, okay, you know what you're speaking about, but actually you don't because it's failing big time. You just locked out with Peyton Manning at the time that Mm. uh, they they just went and spent the money on him and he was was obviously good at what he does, whereas all the rest of them, yeah, no, it's a bit sad, as I say, that these people are gonna these players are gonna fall by the wayside because they're not doing what they're supposed to in a way. Uh, yeah. I suppose I could take a punt on Josh Rosen, seeing as pretty much everyone in the league has at this point. Yeah. yeah I think we even looked at him in the in the off season before we got Cam in and it was talked about for a third well, round no, pick or whatever it might be. I mean, with Tua debuting yesterday, and you know, well, it's a, you know, could you argue it's a matter of time until he takes the the QB one position? If I was Denver, bring bring in some Fitz magic, you know, probably go on a on a Super Bowl run with that loaded defense, and you know, yeah, I think I think you'd do a job for him. I think uh, Fitz is going to be brilliant for Tua once Tua actually comes in. I know. I've, Sorry, guys, for anyone still listening to us ramble on about a team that is not our own. It's, uh, I think it's kind of detracting what went on yesterday and probably quite nicely as well. But it's, it's good to talk about other teams in the league and, and other situations. And I was really pleased for Tua to get in. And obviously the crowd that was in the stadium were loud as hell for him. And, you know, they're all excited to, to see him. And it was good to... Uh, we messaged each other about it with with, um, with Fitzpatrick hyping him up, like he's not there chewing on his beard and saying, "Ah, oh, this effing kid that like he's coming mm-hmm. in and stealing my job." He obviously knew it was coming at some point, and it was a perfect situation to put him in yesterday to get a couple of snaps under his belt. The same way as we put him, um, stood him in situations last year. It was just sad that he was what three three plays in and he he threw a an interception on it but two I never done that yesterday and then I'm guessing everyone's seen the picture or pictures from last night that he's actually seems well grounded and he just sat there on the field at the end and took it all in and goes yep this is pretty much my kingdom now I'm not so I don't I still don't think he'll be in until at least after Halloween I always said that from the start they'll probably end up sharing eight games apiece more than likely but He's got a snippet now and he's got a sniff and it's just going to make him even more hungry, which for us as the Patriots is, can only be a bad thing. 
For sure, for sure. I mean, um, just going back to Fitz, I thought that spoke a lot about him as a as a person, really. You know, as you said, kind of hyping to her up and happy for him. And, you know, I, I just thought it was really cool because, you know, the amount of times, was it um, Joe Flacco was saying, like, I'm not here to develop quarterbacks, I'm here to play. And it was quite sort of hostile when reporters were asking yeah. him about... Yeah, about Jackson. Going back to Denver again. But, you know, it, it's it, it's quite nice, you know. The, the reality of it is that Fitz is, you know, he's in the back end of his career. He's a journeyman quarterback, you know, just... You know, Tua must be a really, really, really nice guy, and and also I think Fitz Fitz clearly is as well. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah, I, I think. Um, I mean, I suppose the question is, and I, I was I was mulling it over last night while I was watching watching the uh, the Patriots game. Um, welcome to Pat's chat. Welcome back to Pat's chat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where do, do you think that the streak of AFC East is going to be broken this year? Um, ask me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> We've actually got brilliantly in less than six hours um, time as of recording this. Um, perfect. Like they just get rid of Thursday night football because staying up till four in the morning. This nonsensical idea for us UK fans is um, just stupid. And put games, put double headers on Mondays starting at ten o'clock. So we at least see one of the two games out with, you know, the weekend. Because um, if you're not aware, the Bills and Chiefs kick off at 10 p.m. UK time tonight, and it's still reasonable to stay up till half twelve, quarter to one ish, um, there or thereabouts, and you can still get a, a reasonable amount of kip before you have to get up tomorrow morning. So. But going back to your actual question of will the streak be broken this year, I genuinely think it's I'll know more tomorrow because as good as this Bills team have been, as good as Josh Allen is seems to have been performing um up to date, up to this point in the season, he is now coming up against the Chiefs. And these are the type of we've we never beat the Chiefs either, obviously, and we never beat the Broncos yesterday. But generally speaking, these are the types of games that they've got to now put a footprint on the map. And whether they can do that or not, I I don't think so. I would say the Chiefs win tonight. Mm-hmm. but And then it comes back to the divisional games, which I think is in week nine. Um, we've got the Bills off the top of my head and that then so again ask me tomorrow and then ask me again after the Bills game if we are there if we play the Bills and we lose to them and we're suddenly three games behind with six to play seven to play we are then struggling to get the AFC back in New England or the AFC East back in New England Um, so I think a lot of it comes down to these next couple of games because we can all um, generally speaking, you know, again, apart from yesterday, if you were marking out a card on the season, you go right, win, 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 and that's coming up against Washington Giants, Jets, um, Broncos, these types of teams on the schedule, and then the schedule comes down to the head-to-heads, 
possibly against the Dolphins because they actually, you know, even though we beat them, we were maybe lucky that we got them at the start of the season yeah. when now they're obviously getting into a bit of a groove now. Um, and then the other games against the likes of the Seahawks and the Chiefs and probably the 49ers, depending on what their injury report tells us for next week. Um, as the week progresses, these are the games you then come down to. Similar to Premier League or any other like soccer league, you know, you you chalk up wins again in your head or on a, a board or a piece of paper. Bournemouth, West Ham, Crystal Palace, these are all the teams you go win, 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 win. But to come up to win the Premier League, you then have to beat the likes of Chelsea, Man United, Man City, Liverpool, depending on who you are, Arsenal. Depending on which team you are and which uh, side you come down on, these are the teams you then have to beat. So I don't think it just comes down to the divisional rival rivalry this year. I think it does come down to the games out with that against the likes of the Chiefs and the the Seahawks that will give a better complexion. I know that was a bit of a long-winded answer. You just wanted to say yes or no, no but no, no. you're not getting you're not getting one just yet. <laughs> no, that's fair. What do you think? I would say I don't have a good feeling about it. I think this is obviously I mean this is clearly the the um the highest risk of of not winning the AFC East for quite a long time um because usually we're blowing people or what you know we're blowing the, the other three away it's not even close but they're not really getting a sniff in um yeah I, I don't know it's it's so hard to tell because it's this it really, my, as I said before, you know, my worry is just that we don't necessarily adapt. We're still in such a great unknown now with, you know, Cam and not having Brady and kind of that reliability. And this is kind of, I'm sure, you know, fans of other NFL teams are laughing hysterically um, at, you know, someone saying that. But it, it's been such a luxury and, and such a privilege this entire time to not even really kind of factor that in that it's a cruel yeah. cold world when when suddenly you do and, and that sort of safety blanket and all that sort of reliability isn't there um but yeah i mean i don't know i'm gonna say yes and i'm gonna say we do it by like you know skin of our teeth level i'm mm. gonna i'm gonna call that you know Maybe maybe my opinion changes after the games tomorrow as well, but um, I'm going to say that the, the Bills, at some point, they also either have a blip or they just fall off or potentially they get injured, you know, COVID, um, being yeah. in that umbrella term of, of injury. Um, you know, I, I think the Patriots have the mental strength, not the physical strength, whereas, you know, you look at the Bills and it's probably the other way around. They've got a really good roster, but mentally have all of those people, you know, the Bills as a franchise have barely been to, you know, postseason. It's not something they do a lot. This is a young quarterback who's, you know, so there's there's all those little factors that I think could still play a part. Yeah. I mean, just thinking about it as you were um, talking there, Jake, that ultimately, like, in my season preview, um, and my writing for NFL Scotland, we I wrote my season preview and I actually said the Bills would win out the East. They they'd have a record of eleven and five and we would have a ten and six and we'd lose it by one game or might even 
be even closer than that that we lose it on the head-to-head or something. So I actually thought that we, at the start of the season, we would lose out in the AFC East by a game, but the actual record would possibly still be enough to get a wild card berth, and then from there on out, who knows what would happen because of the expanded playoff picture and that this year. But then you get into the season and then COVID starts playing a part in it, which we knew it would anyway, but not to the extent as possibly what we thought because we've been used to seeing the MLS bubbles and NBA bubbles, NHL, whatever sport it might be. Loads of sports all over are progressing just now, not just for us as hobbyists to um, have something to watch on a Sunday evening or Saturday afternoon if it's soccer or whatever it is, but also because it, a lot of people, a lot of people's livelihoods depend on it, and that's what we talked about last week, and uh, myself and Stocks talked about it last week as well. That a lot of livelihoods depend on this, so they've had to kind of plow on regardless in a way, and then it just comes down uh, as we've seen over the course of yesterday. It's not just the actual illness as such with Michelle and the others getting put onto this, as you say, this umbrella injury list that covers COVID as as well, this IR COVID thing. But it's the actual practice time and how does that affect things? So it goes right back to what we, we said near the start of with Cam that you're just you don't get that synchronicity um with your quarterback or with or vice versa with your receiver, with your line what the cadence says, all these things, because you've been sitting, as we are, remotely um, chatting about it, rather than actually being on a field and figure, figuring things out. So, yeah, I, as I say, ask me tomorrow and then again after the, the Bills game, and then we might have a better picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I think that's fair. I mean, you know, we're still uh, it's still early days, and it's you know the COVID thing could develop, and the Patriots, I don't know, there's a massive you know touch wood, knock on wood, every possible thing, um, you know, something could still happen, and, and the Patriots don't lose a don't win another game, and likewise, it might happen to every opponent that we go and play that, you know, they're they're battling with injuries and, and COVID, and suddenly they're a lot weaker. So, you know. It would be, I think I'm more worried about that than actually even post-season and anything else. I'm kind of just like, let me hang on to one thing. This this can be the thing. <laughs> you know, I'll hold on to that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm oddly invested in something that I have never, you know, batted an eyelid at for however many years I've watched football now. Um, yeah. Well, you hold on to that. I'll hold my breath that we we <laughs> we can continue as we are in the AFC over the years and actually we we win the thing and progress in the postseason. But I think again we just have to take it as it's such a cliche, but we have to take every week, every game as it comes because we just don't know what's around the corner. Because even I mean we even saw it with the Colts on Friday, was it? That their the game they were receiving all these positive tests and then the game was off and then the the game was back on again because it's false positives and I mean even if you look at college football Nick Saban tested positive he then on I think it was Sunday or Monday he then consequently had five days of negative tests so they've just said 
Oh, well, that, that must have been an anomaly. It must have been a false positive. You can go and coach on the sideline and be amongst <laughs> your 50-odd players and, and staff and, and and crack on with it sort of thing. So yeah. even then, uh, this this whole season's an absolute bizarre conundrum that I don't even think the most sanest mind can wrap their their thoughts around, really. <laughs> And I think it's only going to, you know, this, this is such a developing situation. I really won't be surprised if more teams, you know, start getting it and more positives start flaring up. So, you know, fingers crossed that that doesn't happen and everyone kind of comes out um, unscathed. Because um, obviously there's, you know, as you said, livelihoods matter and families of the of the players matter a lot as well. So, yeah, yeah, so it's going to be, there's never going to be an NFL season like this again Hopefully. No. Well, fingers crossed. And I don't think there's going to be another pod like this again because we've uh, probably rambled on enough. Maybe not so much about the the actual game, but we did get into it quite a lot. And I think we're all just a bit miffed about yesterday that things just didn't click for whatever reason. And hopefully it was just the the COVID thing that they didn't practice a lot. And hopefully the the, the line as going forward is less of an issue and they actually get time to practice this week whether Tooney ends up back at centre next week we'll wait and see as well but at least if they'd actual time to gel and on the practice field we'll um, hopefully get a different perspective and different outcome with the 49ers next week but we'll get into that later in the week folks so for now it's uh, it's bye from both of us but before that we go just the usual um, if you want to catch us on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Pat's Chat UK. For myself, if you want to add me on Twitter and come and have a bit of bounce, it's at Matt Inkster. And for Jake, it's at Jake Paul Design. And for any written work with my um, weekly previews and reviews, you'll see that at NFLScotland.com. But that's it for now, folks. And until late in the week when we preview the 49ers, we'll speak to you soon. See ya. See you later.